Good morning. Great books always have great beginnings. Good writers know that opening lines can hook or lose the reader. Charles Dickens began his classic, tale, his classic book, A Tale of Two Cities, with It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Shakespeare started Romeo and Juliet with two households, both alike in dignity. And who can forget those famous words, it's Christmas Eve, Spot, we've got lots to do, from the famous book, Spot the Dog's First Christmas. The first words provide the first impression and often set the tone for everything else that follows. This is equally true of the Bible. The first line of the first chapter of the world's most important book starts with, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Every word then flows from that verse. The opening story in the Bible introduces one of the most important things about God. He is the creator of all things. The events of the creation story are presented in a structure of a week, not a chronological order, as we might expect to do it if we were to write such an account today, but in a topical order. First is the creation of the regions, land, sea, and sky. Second is the creation of what will dominate each of these regions. The stars in the sky, the fish in the seas, and the animals and the human beings on the land. Lastly, when God has finished, he establishes himself as Lord of his creation. The seventh day is the triumphant finale when he rested. The language of the story is poetic, expressing order and meaning, with all things having their place and a part to play. This account is very different from other creation stories that were circulating around at the time. Most people at the time believed that the world was ruled by gods who acted in evil and unpredictable ways and placed no value on human life. The writer of the first creation story wanted to establish that God of Israel was completely different. It was he alone who created the universe and human beings, giving them a purpose and a destiny within it. The writer wanted to show that people were valued by God and the whole of creation had a common connection to the creator. The position of the story at the very beginning of the Bible places God's divine plan for the world and for humans right at the heart of the Bible's story. 
So that's the introduction. Let us look at how Genesis 1 helps us to understand our relationship with God and to realize that creation is good. He turns darkness to light, verses 2 to 3. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Have you ever been out in the country, away from any streetlights, on a moonless night with no stars? It's pitch black. Or maybe you may have played a game that Anita and I play sometimes in the evening. We call it, it's a bit like camp. The first person into bed turns out all the lights, then waits for the other person to come upstairs and listen and wait with anticipation and to fall over the shoes discreetly placed at the bottom of the bed. Then when they do fall over, you shout out, it's a bit like camp. It was so dark, you can't literally see your hand in front of your face. Every step you are taking is unnerving because you don't know where you're treading next. You're doing it by memory. Imagine what the darkness was like on day one of creation. Before God had established a single source of light, intense darkness. But God spoke into the darkness. Let there be light. And all creation lit up. Sight and warmth was everywhere. In an instant. The ninth plague that Moses brought upon the land of Egypt because Pharaoh wouldn't let God's people go was the plague of darkness. Exodus 10, 21-23 says the darkness was so thick it could be felt. It was so intense that no Egyptian moved from their bed for three days. But while the Egyptians were in darkness, just down the road, the Israelites had light in their homes. This tells me that there may be darkness all around, but whenever God commands the light, it shines. When we bring God into our world, he turns the darkness into the light because creation is good. When we bring God into the world, he turns chaos to order. Verses 6 to 10. There is light now, but still nothing is stable or organized in any way. But God speaks again. And this time he separates the earth and the sky, so there is an atmosphere. And then he speaks again, and the great contents of the land from the ocean. God brings everything together to become an ordered environment. Have you ever felt like everything was out of order in your life? Nothing was fitting together. 
You may have said words like, nothing ever works out right, or my personal life's a mess, or my career is in a shambles, or even, this is not how I planned life to be. There's only one way I know how to have order in your life, to move from the chaotic to a real peace and order. We need God's creative power. Put your life in his hands. Let him direct you and obey what he says completely. If he could organise everything from the revolving solar systems right down to the microscopic organisms and have it all working in perfect harmony together, don't you think he has the power and the wisdom to bring peace into our life? And to build the fragments into something that makes sense? God has a plan for you. A perfect plan. Let God call the shots and you will see his creative power. For there is no chaos that is too great he cannot turn to order. Because creation is good. When we bring God into the world, he turns barrenness to life. God has a stable, organised environment now. But nothing's growing. There's no life until God speaks with his creative power again. And immediately grass and, grass and herbs and fruit trees appear and they begin to flourish. Now if you can remember from last month when I spoke, I said I was no gardener at all. And the only thing I grew was that spider plant that I showed you. But God has the power to create When Adam was expelled from the garden, God told him the ground was now cursed. Every blade of every crop would need to be produced by blood, sweat and tears. It wasn't that that lush garden any longer that produced perfection. Adam was cut off from God and it was all ruined. So he toiled for everything. Weeds overran everything. In John 15, John, uh, Jesus said this, The way to have a fruitful life is to be connected to him. To be in vital union with him. God's power transforms barrenness to life. Because creation is good. When we bring God into our world, he turns empty years into full seasons. Verse 14 to 18. Before God created the sun, moon and stars, there was no ebb and flow of the tides. No changing of the days. All there could be was just a passing time. That's what King Solomon found whenever he looked at the earth without reference to God. You can find this in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, meaningless, meaningless. Life is meaningless. It's all in vain. 
just the passing of time. Without God, we exist, but nothing more. Only God can turn empty years into full seasons. One of the wonderful things about living in Britain is the seasons. We are currently enjoying the warmest summer since 1976, although today's forecast... Actually, when I wrote this, we currently were. But today's forecast may change that slightly. Hot days, balmy nights, cricket and barbecues. Then we come to autumn, and we start to see those beautiful browns and golds. The leaves will start to fall from the trees. Then winter will come, crisp mornings, cold rains, the wind and maybe some snow. We'll snuggle up in front of, log, in front of fires. And then we'll be truly ready for spring with its new life. Each season has its own particular beauty. God turns empty years into full seasons. Because creation is good. When we bring God into our world, he turns lack to abundance. Verses 20 to 25. So far, there's only plant life. The earth has no inhabitants. God speaks again, and the waters teem with life. Every kind of fish and sea creatures. Schools and schools of millions of species and varieties. The air is filled with birds of all kinds. The animals, so many exotic types, they fill the earth from lack to abundance by the simple word of God's mouth. God has caused the waters and the air and the land of my world to be filled with life. The more I yield to him, the more his creative power can be active in my life. Because creation is good. When we bring God into the world, he turns loneliness to love. Verse 27. God finally created man and put him in the garden. Up to that point, after every act of God's creation, he said it was good. But when he created Adam, he said, not so good. The creation was wonderful. Adam was fine, species of man. But it's not good. He's alone. So God created a woman and brought her to Adam. He saw the need, and he created the answer by the word of his mouth. When God is in our world, his creative power can turn our loneliness into love. We are loved by our family. We are loved by our friends. And we are loved by God. Because... Creation is good. To conclude, I'd like to finish by reading some of the words that we sang earlier on. 
I'm going to invite you to stand if you can. Would you stand if you would like? As I read these words, I'd like to close your eyes, listen, and think. Who can know the mind of our Creator? Who can speak of wonders yet unseen? Who can reach the heights of understanding to play the notes of wisdom's melody? Who has weighed the dust of every mountain? Who has walked the mysteries of the deep? Who has laid the earth on its foundation? And who conducts the waves upon the sea? We stand in awe of you. We stand in awe of you. So glorious and true, we stand in awe of you. Because creation is good. Amen. Thank you.